Hello, this is Edwin, and welcome to our salsa extravaganza. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, so today we're going to be talking oh, about... and this is Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> today we're going to be talking about... Kathleen. Kathleen. <laughs> applications, and the application cycle, and what we went through, and how we feel we can help you guys. Yeah, so I want to start off by talking about some of the basics of the application. Right, so when does the application open up? Okay, so the application opens up... In the first week of May, for you to start inputting all the information that you want to put. Before you can officially submit. Yeah, and then you can officially submit um, June 1st or I think May 31st. Somewhere there, because I think last year they opened up May 31st instead. Oh, but if it's May 31st, it'll be like literally... Yeah, but I mean, for any updates, you can always check AMCAS online. They also have a, a Twitter that they always update, and that's what I used to follow a lot of their deadlines. Um, and then after that, you have... You wait after you submit. So let's say you submit June 1st, the first day it opens. Hopefully. Yeah, (laughs) that's like amazing. You submit it, but you still have to wait for AMCAS to verify your application. And that can take anywhere from three to four weeks. Three to four weeks, um, depending on when you submitted it and how many applicants submitted the same day as you did. That is a hot time. Yeah, because I mean, all of June, everybody's submitting their applications. There's millions of applications going in. So it does take a little longer. For us, for example, it took us a month. But after that, after you get verified, you get notified that you got officially verified. And that's when your application is submitted to all the schools that you um, listed. on yeah. the primary. Yeah. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. And then um, all the schools get it. And then depending on the school and their own timeline, they start sending you their secondaries. And then you have to submit those in two weeks time. There's not really a, they have a deadline, but it's always best for you to submit as soon as possible. Right. And that's kind of just the over right, so view of the timeline. May 1st, it opens. You can fill it out. June 1st is the first day you can submit, submit it. And then wait a little bit to verify. To get verified. And then you get secondaries and secondary then submit at your own time, preferably early. All right. So what is on the application that we have to fill out? Okay. So the application, when you open it up, it's going to first ask you, obviously, your name, your personal information, where you live. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's also going to ask you everything about your parents. I mean, it's going to ask you about household income, yeah. um, the highest Lord. degree that your parents earned, yeah. um, also your siblings. So obviously it's good to know. At it's least. always good to ask these questions <laughs> beforehand, but you can do this alongside your parents or your family and they can help you out as you go with it. Um, that, that part is the easiest part. Then, then it gets crazy afterwards. Um, you have to yeah, individually after, fill uh, out, yeah. uh, you have to put all your classes, like class code what grade you got, and what semester. So if you have your transcript in front of you, that'll be the Yeah, best. obviously have your transcript like right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just copy and paste your transcript yeah. in order. And with the transcripts, it's important to note that the AMCAS has their own classifications for certain classes, like falling under different categories. So for us, it was a little bit confusing. So just be aware of that when you're filling it out yourself. Um, that's why doing things with time can help out. Um, another thing with the application that we have to fill out are the uh, experiences. Yeah. So you have 15 slots to fill in um, all the experiences that you want to talk about that you did on your undergrad. So this yeah, is where you're going to talk service. about your community service, you're going to talk about your research, your work experience, um, club, leadership, anything that you were involved in that you feel is very important to you. Um, that's where you fill it out in the slots. So when you're inputting activities on your AMPCAST, you have to classify them under certain categories. You know, if it's community service or research or things like that and determine also if it was a clinical experience or not. So when you're inputting them, you can do things to your own advantage. If you see that you have a strength in research and you have a lot of research hours uh, on your own 
on other experiences, on other experiences yeah. then you can put something that is kind of like in the middle as a community service or as a patient experience instead of research. Yeah, so, so I guess a good example would be, let's say you did clinical research. So you were involved with patients, but then you're also involved in the research. But you also did bench, other research on the side, like like, uh, like a bench research project um, somewhere else. So if you want to emphasize more of clinical experience because you feel like you didn't have any besides the research, the, uh, the clinical research, then you would list the clinical research as, as a clinical, experience. clinical experience. And then you can just go ahead and, and list your other research as research. So that way it shows that, that you're... You don't have like 2,000 hours yeah, of just research. Yeah, a little more balanced. And instead of having 2,000 hours of just research, you can have 1,000 clinical and 1,000 research. And it's 1,000 is a lot. And again, <laughs> this isn't like you're lying on your application or you're like, you're not, you're not telling the truth. This is just essentially putting things to your own advantage so you can be the most balanced applicant possible. Yeah. So this is something that we did ourselves and something that you can use to your own advantage. And... To make note of that, so let's say you were going to list that research clinical experience oh, as yeah. clinical, make sure you talk, like in the description that you're, that you're allowed to talk about it, um, make sure you emphasize the clinical part of it. Right, like that's what you show. you're going to, in your description, you describe it however you classified it. If it was experience with patients, classify that part of the research instead of the actual like hardcore research. Um, so how many oh, characters yeah. or how much room do you have to explain? For general thing? experiences, you have 700 characters. I'll tell you, those things add up very quickly. Yeah, like this is characters with Not words. space. Yeah, yeah, this is with just characters. So, so be very you, uh, concise yeah. and specific. And, and try um, to get something meaningful across from it. Yeah. What we like to do is make sure we are it, it descriptive, it, uh, descriptive enough that someone reading it can understand what we did and our role in that experience, but then also see that we got something out of it. So always, we like to always end it off with a sentence of kind of more or less what we learned or what, like why it was, you know, why it was meaningful to us yeah. instead of just like an activity we did. Yeah. Just to just sign off as an activity. So, and out of those 15, you can classify three of them as meaningful experiences. And what this means is that these are three things that were very impactful uh, to your own personal um ideas yeah and then you're able you're they're given more characters to write about that so it's you'll get the 700 characters plus an extra 1325 yeah 1325 characters and then it'll be so it'll be the typical like experience description you have 700 characters for that and then it gives you another 1325 characters for why was this experience meaningful so that's where you want to get uh like anecdotal and talk about a story or and pick something something very like like i don't know something that someone reads it it's not boring and it's not like it was meaningful for me because i got to see patients and i want to be a doctor no it doesn't even only have to be you could choose a meaningful experience that isn't even medical at all but it was meaningful in the in your character in your growth something that you know shows value and highlights a, a good skill of you i right. think the whole and point of the experiences is to make sure you're highlighting things about yourself without seeming like you're just gloating Glody, yeah you know so it, it just sounds too you know basic of like i did it and i want to help people i want to save the world and blah blah like it just it comes across as kind of weird but if it's experience that is it's kind of different and you felt like it was really you know important to you it'll show yeah and also when you're picking meaningful i would suggest to pick at least a few of those um experiences that you spend a lot of hours in yeah. because that shows that it was truly meaningful to you if you put one thing that you did one time and they're gonna be like oh you know it was just a one-time thing and there could be a meaningful experience from that but it, it just seems like something that's more meaningful that you put you know 500 hours in versus just 10 um yeah like if you just volunteered at a homeless shelter for one weekend i wouldn't really suggest that as a good meaningful experience i mean if anything 
if, if it's if you don't have anything else to put as meaningful, then go ahead. But I will just keep that as one of your other experiences, and you could just use 700 um, characters to talk about that, and I'm sure it'll be enough for that experience. Right. And one thing also, just because there's 15 spots for experiences doesn't mean you have to fill out all yeah. 15 spots. Pick things that you are, are truly meaningful to you. You do not have to fill it out. We did not complete all 15 spots. It was just... I think you didn't. Did I? I, yeah. I, I either had 14 I or 15. I, I really don't, I don't I, remember. Yeah, I think I was in between 14 or 15 because um, one of the experiences, he wanted to kind of merge it together. I ended up with 13. Um, and I felt comfortable with that. The reason being is I did merge... I 14. I just counted, liar. Okay, never mind. He did 14. But, um, so... I think the reason why I had 13, I mean, I could have extended it to 15 if I did all my shadowing experiences, a different um, like experience category. But I felt that that would be kind of weird if I just had like these certain number of slots of just shadowing. So what I did was I just titled one as shadowing and then I listed all my shadowing experiences from there. And I actually made that one a meaningful experience so I can speak about all my shadowing experiences in depth with the extra characters that it gave me. So that's an idea that you can do um, if you wanted to. But I, I didn't want to... Sometimes it does look bad if you're just trying to fill up all 15 with, like, random things that you did. Like, oh, I did a, a weekend car wash or something. Like, that just... It's not necessary. Don't put it, you know? It's, it's... I think less is more in a certain way. And if your other experiences, um, you, write, you wrote good about them and they were meaningful and, and everything makes sense and it seems like good, solid experiences and you do not need to fill up all 15. Right. And one thing that Kathleen helped me out with is I'm, I'm a very checklisty person. I, I like to get things done and move on. But um, she very, really emphasized to make sure that you take your time and you read it through and that what you're writing isn't just words. Like you're writing something that has good meaning to it and that makes sense and that shows that whatever you did, you put passion into it. So together, we really decided to like we're always constantly reading our stuff. We would we would do it. It would take us a really long time to do the primaries. But at the end of the day, we felt really happy with the 700 character essays we had. And it just felt really nice. So don't just rush through it and get it done because you want to submit your application a couple days early. It's better to wait a couple extra days and make sure you really took your time. It sounds really nice. And then submit it. It's not worth it. Yes, I agree. Proofread. Uh, um, oh, my God. Proofread. Car yeah. <laughs> uh, grammatical errors are not a good look. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's if you look at it after I found an error on mine, it, I don't think it helped up. It helped. It didn't hurt me that much, but um, proofread it. Yeah. Uh, and what else is on the? Amp yeah. So, well, before we go to uh, just a quick note, any experiences, make sure you also have, because um, I'm looking at our application right now. Make sure you have a contact name and title for each experience because it does ask you for that, um, and you do have to fill something out. And then make sure you know the hours and the dates. Um, and where was and the organization name. So just make sure you know all that information when you're filling out your experiences and you're not just, you know, waiting around to find a contact name or something. So I don't and don't lie about your hours. It's it's not necessary. You know, like yeah. Oh, yeah. be be 100% honest. They can catch it whenever you go to interviews. Um, if they, when you're talking about it, they'll, they'll break it down. They'll break down your application, ask you about everything and they'll know if you're lying or not. So there's no point in lying. It's not going to kill you if you put 50 less hours. Like, put, be honest. Just be honest. Um, another thing that's on the AMCAS is you can copy and paste your personal statement onto the AMCAS, and it's, it's connected there. Um, what, we're going to get into a separate episode about personal statement writing, how long it took us, and things like that, and also letters of recommendation. But those two are on the AMCAS. 
Yeah, so then you just copy and paste your personal statement there. And then, the and then note your personal statement is 5,300 characters with spaces as well. And then after that, it's going to ask you to, um, well, it's going to ask you to, like, fill out your letter of recommendations info. So people are sending you a letter of recommendation. Um, if you have a committee letter, that's pretty simple. Just note it as a committee letter and then the person that's writing your committee letter and then that's it. That's all you have to do. But if you're going the other route where you don't have a committee letter and you're just submitting um, personal, I mean, not personal letters, but individual letters from different um, letter writers, then you have to go ahead and write down all the information. Um, and yeah, that's it for that. Yeah. And the last thing on the AMCAS is going to be all the schools you're going to submit the primary applications to. This is where you go and you pick all the schools you're interested in. And yes, that's that's the end of the, the yeah. primary application. So now we're going to talk about our personal timeline with the application process. So where do you want to start off? Uh, well, if you listen to our last episode, we took the MCAT around May, mid-May. 20? <clears throat> nah, 2018. Oh, my God. I was going to mess up again. <laughs> <laughs> so we took the MCAT May 2018. The scores come back uh, a month later. So mid-June 2018 we were waiting for our scores. We got them back. We were happy with it. And that's when we started working on our application because we didn't want to start working on it until we felt 100% comfortable with our scores. Even though um, after our MCAT, like after a week of resting and being normal humans, we did um, edit our personal statements because we had written personal statements mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. I mean, everyone had to do it for a class project. He had to write a sort of personal statement. And then I went ahead and did it um, during like, almost like like six months prior just to draft something up because I had uh, um, some time available. So then we decided to edit it while we were waiting for our scores to come back. So that's, a, a, I mean, something to do. So yes, we did make uh, some use of our time off during the MCAT, uh, waiting for MCAT scores. But once we got our scores back, we started working on our primary applications mid-June and it took us about a week, right? Yeah, we took a week. Yeah, so if you're go- doing the the primary full time, like all day, I would say if you're doing it well, it'll take you about four to seven days. Uh, yeah. Don't don't rush through it. It's not, yeah, not worth it. Yeah, we definitely did not rush because I felt that, I mean, even though we weren't the, the early birds that submitted the application June 1st and we were still working on it, I really did not want to rush it because this is kind of something that I wanted to do just once. I mean, it's always okay to apply more than more than one time. It's nothing against that. But when you're going when you're going through the process, we had in mind to apply only once. <sighs> what? Right. Uh, yes. So we took our time with it, and so we submitted our primary application. I think the date was June twenty fourth or twenty seventh. So we submitted about three weeks after the June first deadline, which is still considered early. But if you can, we suggest having it done by June first. It's always better the first day. And then, but what was don't that? freak out if you don't meet it. Exactly, and it's because we took the MCAT a little bit later than we wanted to. Yeah. But you know what? Things happen in life, and nothing's perfect, so it worked out for us anyway. Now, what happened after that, Kathleen? So after that, you have to sit and wait. We waited a month. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was a long wait. Yeah, we waited a month. Um, so we got verified after submitting. We got verified July twenty seventh. Yeah, uh, literally a, yeah, a whole month after. A whole after. month after. So, I mean, during that month, There's they nothing you advise can do. you to go ahead and start working on your secondary application. There is something you could do. Yes, there is something you can do. <laughs> Don't be lazy. Um, we were a little bit lazy yeah, after really submitting it because we did burn ourselves out for a whole week, just putting so much time and effort into writing all these essays. Wait, but how can you write secondaries before they send them to you? Dun, dun, dun. You have student doctor network 
forums. So uh, if you guys are not into forums, it's okay. It doesn't matter. You don't even have to make create. A, uh, you don't even have to create an account. Just Google. Um, well, for us, it was 2018 to 2019 allopathic school discussions or something like that. And then you click it, and there's all the schools there. You find the schools you apply to, and then people write in the secondaries that they got back. Because those people that submitted theirs June 1st, they already got verified. So they already got their secondaries. Yeah. And they're sharing the essay secondary prompts with the world, which is very nice. So you can and, most of, and most of the time, the essays are the same every single year. There is oh, we so, we did spot a little bit of variance, but oh, most no, but of the time that was what I was speaking about was people from our same cycle posting oh, it. That's right. But I wasn't listening. But I'm before, sorry. I mean, there is a little bit of a, like a delay um, with people getting their secondary. So mm-hmm. if you if your school for, like let's say no one has posted secondary essays, you can look at last year's secondary essay prompts and you can write. Yeah, those. that's what I was thinking about because yeah. if you submitted June first, you're gonna be waiting with everybody else. So like. You can access the, the school secondary essays from the year before, and they're usually, uh, you can use that to write your secondaries for that school. So then we finally got verified. Um, when? July 27th. I remember this day perfectly. Um, and then some schools are super quick. They get notified once your application gets submitted to them, and they emailed us. I don't know if that made sense, but they emailed us right away with the secondary. Yeah, application. Like some schools just automatically send that thing to you. You're too far from me. And yeah, so we got a few schools on that same day. And what do we do? We start getting a bunch of emails coming in from different schools. I don't think we have said this yet, but we, we submitted our primary applications to 27 schools. Yes. So yeah, yeah but because we didn't really talk about the school, how many schools. But we're, we're going to make another episode about how we pick schools, how many we picked, why we picked them. But just for the purposes of this episode. As a reference, we sent our primary to 27, but decided to only send secondary applications to 22 of them. So technically we only applied to 22 schools. Right. So once you started getting in the secondaries from different schools, you get them at different times. Some of them are right when you get verified. Others are a couple days after. Yeah. But we got most of our schools. I, I would say almost all of them within yeah, like, the first two weeks. Well, the first two weeks, I think all of them, definitely. But the majority, yeah. I would say the day of, and of day verification after. and the day after, they just came in. Your, your email is just going to be swarmed in by secondary applications. So let me ask you, what do you do when you're overwhelmed with 27 schools that send you secondaries and you don't know what to do? You freak out <laughs> like I did. Uh, like, like she did, but I had to help calm her down because she is a little hey, crazy one. No, no. no, I'm kidding. So uh, what we decided to do, we talked about this, and thank God we were doing this together, but what, we're, what we were trying to do was prioritizing the schools that were more important to us, our home schools, the schools that we felt we had the best chances of getting into, the schools that we really saw ourselves going to are the ones we worked on early and before. Yes, so the schools that you really like, the schools that you want to go to medical, like, so I just said. badly. I know, I'm emphasizing that, okay? Um, that's what we prioritized. And then eventually, with that priority list, there were some that fell all the way at the end that we felt like... And they were, like, extremely long essays, so we were just like, you know what? kind of not worth it. We weren't really into that school. We're like, why did we even Those send schools. our primary in the first <laughs> Those schools. So then we decided not to send it to them. That's how we got However, to However, interesting part of our little timeline is that when, in the middle of us writing our secondary applications, we went to Alaska on a Wait, family trip. But before we even get into that, right? What? So we we're, we want to tell you guys a little bit about how long it took us to do this. So we started getting secondaries late July, July 27th. And we started we started writing our essays as, hard, as much as we could. And then 
August comes around. We're in Alaska right when our secondaries come. And we tried to plan this out as much as we could, but we couldn't. So we ended up going to Alaska together. And yes. we hadn't had most of our secondaries done. So you can say that story now. Um, oh, well, we didn't. Yeah, we, ha- we had submitted the easier, like, obviously going by a priority. And then the ones that were a little simpler, right? Like yeah, with their yeah. Prompts are a little simpler. But then we decided, I mean, like crazy, I guess, work, worker bees. Be no, we had to. We had to take I mean, our yeah, essays. just because we had to. Because we decided to do our, our essays while on our trip to Alaska. Because we should be submitting... You should submit your applications no later than two weeks to these schools. And I'll tell you this right now. We did not meet that two-week deadline for some schools. Some schools we, do, we submitted a month after. Yeah. But... Um, and it's funny. So, thankfully, those, some of those schools that we submitted a month after, we actually got interview invites. But... It's suggested you don't do it uh, after two weeks because it shows that you don't, you're not really interested in the school, so the schools can kind of see that. So point is, try not to uh, plan a trip around your secondaries. And again, in our case, it was inevitable. But um, we had a trip. We were in a, in a different state, in a completely different environment, on an RV. With Wi-Fi that was just non-existent. Like, <laughs> we were relying hotspots. on like personal hotspots, and then they weren't working, and we were in the middle of nowhere for like three days, camping out in the middle of a national park. So, but we did take advantage of just writing down, I mean, just writing our essays and then proofreading it for each other. So that's what we did. We didn't, if you didn't, if you couldn't submit or if you were in the same situation as we were, we couldn't submit anything, but at least you can write it. So then when you mm-hmm. do get Wi-Fi, you go onto the school's application website and then you just copy and paste and upload it. And you could do like two schools at a time. So, yeah. and we, we did that on the plane, on the, on the trip. Um, it's just a good story to tell. We thought it was funny. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's possible. I mean, everything it's, 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 if you want it to work, then it can work. And same thing that we said with the primaries, with your secondary applications, please don't rush them. There's no, there's no point in rushing them. Take your time. Make sure it sounds genuine. Make sure it sounds, um, interesting and also make sure that it just sounds like you're a good person. Nobody likes to see those people that just want to gloat about themselves and sound like the most amazing person ever. Yeah, and make sure you're catering to the school's mission and what they are looking for, what type of students they are, um, they have, and what kind of service that they do. Yes. Because you want to make sure that they feel that you're a good fit for them, you know? Right, and something that we recommend you guys buy is MSAR through AAMC. Oh, yeah. That's will oh give gosh. you details and information about every single school in the country, and that gives you their mission statement, how many applicants they have, all these things that we're also going to mention all this stuff when we talk about choosing schools. But the mission Yeah, we statement, use that definitely to choose our schools. The mission statement helps you um, determine how you can gear your secondary essay to show that I understand what you guys are all about. This is what I'm all about. This is why we're a good match. Yeah. It's it's just like, you know, want to make sure that you're good fit for each other. Okay. Yeah. So some uh, some advice we want to give, and we'll do this quickly since we're coming to the end of our show. Yeah. So another piece of advice would be to make sure that if you want to submit your application on a certain day, let's say you want to submit it June 5th, make sure you have um, all of your materials ready yeah. before then. So that means make sure you have your letters of recommendations. Your personal statement. Your personal statement ready. Make sure you have your transcripts already sent in. Yes. Um, your activities, you have them like listed out, what you want to mention, how you want to talk about it. Yeah, like I think that's it for the most yeah, th- part. This is the most thing, Yeah, those the main things. Make sure you have that ready and set up. However... Oh, uh, go, 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 go ahead. Okay. However, it, it doesn't. it's not necessary that... For example, the letters of recommendation that you have them uploaded onto AmpCast before you hit the submit button. 
um, because you still have to go through the verification process, and that gives more time for your letter writers to submit it onto AMCAS and then onto your application. So what we did, we submitted our application before the committee letter was uploaded, um, which which was fine because the committee letter, they were still writing our letters, and anyways, we had the whole month of verification process for them to upload it, so they, up, um, they got to upload it, I think, a week after we got verified, but that was fine because we still needed to submit our secondary applications anyways, and it you just need it for the medical schools to officially start reviewing your application, which isn't done until you submit your secondary anyways. Right. Yeah. Also... Um, depending on how comfortable you felt when you took your MCAT, you could, like, if you were in our situation where we had to wait up until mid-June to get our scores, if you feel comfortable enough with what you took or you're just like, you know what, I'm going to apply no matter what, you can submit your application without having your MCAT scores and then it'll, they'll automatically upload onto your MCAS. Now, if what happens is if you open the application and you send it to the schools, no matter what your MCAT scores are, if they're high or low, you have to. You're already applying, yeah. so you already made that. You already made that commitment. So yeah. that's why we decided to wait. We're like, you know what? We're gonna make sure we're comfortable with our scores before we apply. But if you feel like you killed it that day of the MCAT, the, the, the of the MCAT, and you you're comfortable with your score, by all means, start working on your application early and send it in. Um, or some things that people do would be they're planning on taking their MCAT twice so they'll and, and but they're right. kind of satisfied with their first score like they're, they'll just go with it you can um on the amcast you can say that you're expecting another test so then um schools won't review your application until they receive that second score so obviously if you feel comfortable you're gonna do a lot better on your second test on your second exam then go ahead and do that um there, I, is there anything, anything else you want to add oh well i think one thing that would pull put a really big hold on your application on getting verified in the first place would be your transcripts because the verification process is mainly it's AMCAS um, comparing your transcripts to the classes that you inputted manually and making sure that it's all correct and the grades are all correct and there was no like discrepancies there so they definitely do need your transcripts to do so so just make sure your transcripts are mailed to them um, electronically or through I guess the US mail system um, on time that's that's the only thing that would put a hold on the it primary application. It took us application. a little bit. It, it took us a little bit. bit um, but I mean, no, no. For for our undergraduate, it was online, so those are a lot quicker. However, oh, I think me, Edwin I had, Edwin had some credits in a community college, which, by the yeah. way, anything you took after in high school, school yeah. even in high school, if you took dual enrollment, you need to note it and that's you need to send to in me. a transcript. Um, but for Edwin, he had a community college, and they didn't have the electronic record. Um, like the electronic way to mail it into AMCAS. They had to yeah, do it by the U.S. mail, so that took a little longer for him, yeah. but it was fine. Um, yeah, it wasn't, um, it it wasn't, wasn't too, too bad. Um, anything else you want to add? But I think that's it. So that's it for this episode, and I know we never mentioned how many schools, well, we did, but we never mentioned specifics of how we decided what schools we decided to apply to. Um, so we are going to make an episode next week on how we chose our the medical schools we wanted to apply to. Also, I think would be important the cost of applying. Oh yeah, to all the, the the cost of all this. Yeah, this um, schools. We we only applied to MD programs, so we're gonna talk a little bit about the MD versus DO programs, and then later on we're gonna talk about the whole letters of recommendation process, what we had to go through, and the committee stuff. So and if you have how some, to approach your letter writers and the the right timing to do so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll have individual episodes on that. So we didn't cover it today because it'd be too long. But um, if you have any questions, again, you can email us at ourjourneytomedicine at gmail.com. Or just send DM us, us a DM on Instagram. On Instagram. Uh, Some of you guys have sent um, us 
direct messages asking us questions about the MCAT. So that was really cool. Yes. And any suggestions you guys ever have about our, like what we should be doing or if you guys have specific things that you want us to talk about, please send it our way. We're open to all suggestions. Again, we're doing this to help anybody out there that's going through this process. Um, and if anything, other than like obviously listening to our podcast and following us on Instagram, I think the best way that you can help us out would be to just let anybody you know that's applying or that knows about this process, let them know that they can probably get some help from us by just listening to our podcast. And we're trying to make this as fun as possible because we know that this is a daunting and, and dull pro- process. So um, we try to make it light and fun. So don't think that we're, you know, we're not as professional as we want to be. We're just trying to have a good time while we do this. Yeah, this is just for fun. Yeah, exactly. So, um, all right, guys. Thank you. And... See you next week. Bye.